Welcome to the iConnect with Baxter Canada podcast. This is where we connect with healthcare providers from various clinical settings to learn more about how they are leading through innovation, protocol development, and integration of evidence to provide excellent clinical care to their patients. Join the conversation with your hosts from Medical Affairs at Baxter Canada. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of iConnect with Baxter Canada podcast. My name is Mona Morad. I am a pharmacist and a medical science liaison supporting the medication delivery team at Baxter Canada, and I will be your host for this episode. Our goal is to share current and relevant clinical topics that help support your practice as a healthcare provider. It is my pleasure to welcome Julie Vinet to this episode of iConnect with Baxter Canada. Julie is a nursing practice leader at Thunder Bay Regional Health Sciences Centre in Ontario. Julie, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Let's perhaps start by having you introduce yourself and telling us a bit more about your role and your experience. Thank you, Mona. Um, my name is Julie Vinette. I'm a nursing practice leader at the Thunder Bay Regional Health Sciences Centre. And my past experience uh, would be I'm a nurse for about 20 years and I've worked in uh, frontline uh, in the emergency department and in the cardiac cath lab. I already, I also um, taught at like the clinical, I was a clinical instructor with uh, Lakehead University and the Confederation College. I also have been seconded to multiple projects within our organization, the vaccine clinic, uh, digital order sets, and most recently, um, the IV pump implementation. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. That's an impressive experience. No. <laughs> you've, you've seen a lot. You've, uh, you have a lot of knowledge, which is amazing. Yeah. I enjoy it. It actually is very enjoyable um, getting to know people and around our organization and, you know, making our hospital a better place. It's wonderful. Like hearing that passion in your voice is so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I I um, I also know that Thunder Bay has recently uh, earned the highest possible standing with Accreditation Canada. So congratulations on that. Yes. This is an Thank amazing you. achievement. So uh, you were accredited with exemplary standing, which means um, you've gone beyond all of the requirements for accreditation, uh, demonstrating excellence in quality. So that's a an amazing achievement. So since Thunder Bay Hospital has recently undergone accreditation, can you perhaps mm-hmm. share with us how you prepared for it as an organization, uh, if there were specific processes that were put in place um, or, you know, teams that were involved? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a team effort. We had um, a specific lead uh, with within our organization um, within uh, quality risk management that took over and and a QI lead that help really promote the accreditation and the importance of it. So we had ROP, so required operational practices, posters, mock sessions. Uh, We had our uh, interprofessional team, Brittany and Bruno, go around to each unit um, in the hospital 
preparing um, a Jeopardy, so in person, in person and online version. So they just went around with some treats and had the, some questions and just made a lot of awareness um, for our, our organization, as well as um, town hall updates. Okay, so from an organizational level, you had me like you had this kind of direct connection with your frontline staff. So you were really reaching out to the nurses at the bedside yep. as well to uh, to kind of educate and uh, yep. and inform them. And uh, did you have a, a committee per se or like an uh, an executive sponsor? Like, how, what was the structure? Was there an overall structure yep. um, of like a steering committee, for example? Yep, there was a accreditation committee set up about six months before accreditation. So VPs, directors, managers allied professional uh, representatives, nursing representatives, PFA, so patient family advisor and uh, physician. So that committee met on a regular basis. And there was like some smaller breakout groups from that, which um, was helpful for each manager, um, for each um, ROP that... um, that might have been important to those specific areas. So it was, it was a, a good uh, structure for going forward. Okay, now that's really great. So basically, you kind of matched up the, the ROPs that were relevant with sort of like a almost a representative or a sponsor. Within Correct. That. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were saying that the whole process or the preparation process started about six months before the actual uh, accreditation happened. Correct. So do you feel that this time frame was, um, was it, was it a, the right time frame? Do you feel you could have benefited from longer or shorter? Um, for sure, lo- um, longer, because I think even with the IV pump uh, implementation, we had a lot of um, new changes happening within our organization. So we had IV pumps, we had OmniCell training, like, so our front lines were getting kind of bombarded with a lot of um, changes and new information and best practices to um, upgrade on. And I feel like just engaging like earlier awareness with the front line would have been, a little bit it would have been a little bit easier it was it was i'm not gonna lie it's gonna be it was very stressful i think for everyone um because we were all trying to um engage and and get the frontline staff aware and and it's not they already did these practices they already knew what best practices were it was just a matter of um detailing and making sure that you could speak to it when approached upon it. Right, right. Because it's one thing to be yeah. doing it day to day, like in your daily practice, yep. and it's a totally different ball game when you're trying to communicate what you're doing. Yes, and put the right exactly. Words. Kind of like now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to communicate. Yeah, no, it's 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 human nature, and for sure. So definitely. So what what you're saying is perhaps a little bit more time would have been beneficial. Um, actually, what you were saying about the multiple initiatives that were taking place at the same time, uh, it's a good segue for my next question. I was um, oh, I was going to ask you about <laughs> if there were changes in practice, actually, that were done in preparation for this exercise. Were there any overarching clinical practice changes or any, any improvements or yep. enhancements that were put in place? Yeah, we reviewed and updated all policies. So I think that was a lot of work for for the um, um, 
for not the frontline nurses and staff. It was more um, for all of us updating those policies and um, ROPs and um, all programs were um, asked to talk about um, the accreditation with their staff staff members and whatever opportunities they had. So it was, if I could do it again, I would plan out different initiatives. I would just space it out a bit, but sometimes you don't really have any choices with what initiatives come in and, and so far. So it was, we all, you know, put our best foot forward and just tried our best to help support the frontline staff um, with all these changes. Right. So basically, like there was a kind of almost like a twofold approach. Here. You were like, how yeah. you had the management or the leadership team looking at the, you know, the policies, and then you had the frontliners. Um, so how how do you feel? Um, how was that received? Like those changes or those recommendations that were given to the frontline? Uh, did you feel change management was uh, challenging? How did you overcome um, any challenges that you may have met? Um, change management is always a challenge. I've been a part of that since um, when I started with the uh, digital order sets, when I started bringing that new uh, program to our facility. So uh, I really, lessons learned from right from the start is just engaging and talking to the staff and getting their feedback. We can't just let when we, you know, when you throw something at them, you have to have some sort of, they always are asking why, why are we doing this? Why do we have to change this? So you also have to be very knowledgeable in what you, and believe in what you are kind of selling to the staff. And some, some staff were um, okay with it. Like the emergency department was completely pumped for our new IV pumps and certain changes and some surgical programs were really excited about um, some ROPs and then there also the definitely is going to be the negativity and the burnout They're They just want to get in and get out and, and don't want any change because it's, it adds a little bit of stress to, to that front, those frontline individuals. Right. It's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Definitely. If you're already overworked and, and exhausted, yeah. you kind of have to add a, a more to, to your plate. So definitely. Yeah. So I feel um, what you told me earlier about having to approach the staff with like kind of small nuggets of information, perhaps. Um, yep. Was also and treats, good. Mona. We always, they always <laughs> love treats. It's, it's been right from the start. <laughs> yeah. So treats is always, is always a good incentive. Can't go yeah. wrong with that. It's nice to have incentive for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so overall, now that all of this is accomplished and behind you, what would be your advice to hospitals undergoing accreditation or preparing for accreditation? Any tips, any kind of, le- well, you've talked about some lessons learned, but any other yep. uh, overall um, advice? Well, definitely, I did seek out some information from our QI lead and QRM or quality risk management manager for some of these um, answers. And so I can't really take credit for most of this <laughs> information, but providing a timeline of process of like the processes and education um, resources to support staff um, and focusing on what we do really well and um just having 
sufficient amount of time to plan out for the next cycle. So we did find that having smaller groups and um, breaking down into um, specific um, ROPs for each area and each like the infusion pump safety, that sort of thing, focusing on that and, and just getting getting feedback and, and providing and, t- and mapping it out. Like this is going to take this amount of time. Um, you know, maybe we might need more than six months or whatever. And just trying to ad- address all the gaps um, identified. Okay, that's that's great advice. I think that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, is there any other kind of recommendation in terms of, um, you know, when you're dealing with your frontline staff? Because I know preparation is a very, very big um, component. Yep. But at the individual level, did you uncover any, you know, tips or any tricks that you can maybe share with us? Um, just letting the staff know, be aware of all the initiatives coming up and talking to the frontline staff and getting feedback. I think that is the most important. Um, any Every initiative that I have been a part of, I'm, early awareness from the frontline makes it an easier approach when you come back with the question. You come back and be like, hey, remember we talked about the IV pumps, new IV pumps coming? Well, this is happening at this time. What do you think about this? Um, and we were just in the process of our nursing practice council when we went um, with accreditation and the IV pumps and stuff like that. So if we would have had that in place a few months before, that would have been very helpful because these are like the most engaged nursing staff in the in our facility. So that would have captured um, a lot of Um, a lot of people and engage them in an earlier process. Julie, thank you so much for your time today and for answering all of my questions. Uh, Again, uh, the achievement that you guys have accomplished is no small feat. So congratulations. Yeah, it was a (laughs) group. It was a group effort. It was not, (laughs) it was like, like our whole facility just was on board with this and, and worked so like so hard, tireless, whatever hours. Um, definitely your efforts were well rewarded yeah. efforts. and uh, this is, this is fantastic. Thank you so much, Julie. Oh, no problem, Mona. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having joined us today. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, please make sure you subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they become available. Please feel free to email us should you have any questions, comments, or feedback. We look forward to having you join us again next time. Thank you for joining us for the episode of I Connect with Baxter. All of the opinions and experiences expressed in this episode are those of the guest speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Baxter Canada. If there are other areas of interest you would like to see included on future podcasts, please email those to iconnect.baxter.com.